Welcome to the perfume room. My scent of the day today is the classic that is Vetiver by Guerlain. And if you are my boyfriend, sorry, I did steal your cologne. Love you. Vetiver is indeed my boyfriend's cologne and I could wax poetic about it. It's soft and mild and spicy at the same time. And it's just soothing. Like whenever my boyfriend wears it, it just feels calming and kind. And it's also very appropriate for the theme of today's episode, sit back, unwind, untie your shoelaces. I don't know why I said that, but I do want you guys to know that for the entire quarantine, I have successfully avoided shoes with shoelaces. I've exclusively worn Crocs, Ons, and Uggs. There will be no tying in this house. Capitalism and laziness, a tale of two lovers. Am I right? Anyway, I digress. Just in time for Father's Day, the theme of today's episode is cologne. People always ask me for my cologne recommendations and today I have a true expert in the field who knows cologne way better than I do and will give you all the recommendations of your dreams. But first, let's do today's perfume juice. The perfume juice of the day is on oil perfumery. Is it controversial among the fragrance community to recommend a dupe house? Probably. However, a lot of my followers have incredibly expensive taste and are looking for affordable ways to live out their perfume journey. Dreams, and I see you. I see each and every one of you and I am here to help. Now, I have not tried every dupe house that exists, but I have tried several and there is one whose quality sticks out to me and that is oil perfumery. I find in general that their scents are very close to the original and the thing that I like most is that even the ones that diverge from the original are still well made. My issue that I sometimes have with perfume dupes is that oftentimes I find that they smell like a file of the fragrance. And what I mean by that is that they capture the overall smell, but they miss the musicality of each individual note, which to me is the very thing that makes an expensive fragrance so special. In other words, I feel like sometimes dupes miss the point of the fragrance. And oil perfumery to me is like a pleasant exception. They sent me several of their impressions a while back, and the two that I find myself reaching for the most are their takes on Frederick Mell's Portrait of a Lady, as well as their take on Killian's Love Don't Be Shy. Now, are they 100% perfect replicas? No, but do they smell amazing and cost $19? Yes. To be clear, I always recommend the original if you can swing it, and there are ways to be more friendly to your wallet, like investing in decants, but I also recognize that the two aforementioned fragrances retail for $265 and $195, respectively. So this is just an alternative. And if oils drive you crazy and you're like, I need a spray, they do have a sister line that they recently launched called Okcha, and that's basically the same formulas, but in spray form. So definitely check it out. And this is all relevant to the TikTok question of the day, which comes from at right to live who asks about perfume dupes specifically for love don't be shy definitely check out the oil perfumery's impression of it or the okcha one which is called sweet addict and now on to our guest. This has truly been one of my favorite interviews so far. Today we have Justin Copeland. He is a fragrance creator and the founder and personality of Stay Fresh Productions, which is a social media fragrance channel, very big on YouTube, also on Instagram, and he was an absolute joy to talk to. And this episode is coming at the heels of Justin's big, big news. We recorded this a few weeks back, so some stuff was still under wraps, but Justin is living the fragrance content creator 
Theater Dream. He just launched and created his own cologne in collaboration with Zaharoff called Brass and Soul. And this fragrance was inspired by the multi-sensory experience that he experiences as a musician. And of course, Justin gives us all of his favorite cologne recommendations. I don't want to waste a minute more of your time. All of the colognes that we talk about in this episode will be linked or named in the description below. Without further ado, here is Justin. Justin, welcome to the perfume room. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic, Emma. Thank you so much for having me. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's so, you know, it's a nice day. It's Friday. Got a great interview. Very happy to have you on the pod. Um, Justin, I always like to open up the perfume room with three questions. All the right. first is, what are you currently wearing? What is your signature-ish? I'm sure you probably have multiple, but do you have a signature scent? If so, what? And what is your big like perfume hot take or controversial opinion? Mm. Heavy stuff. Yeah, <laughs> we get right into heavier. it. Yeah. I know. Um, let's see. Today I'm wearing Tom Ford Tobacco Oud. Ooh, okay. Love it. Definitely one of my favorites, not the most likable scent I would say from him but I love it if you would ask me to try it two years ago I probably would have hated it but I love it mm. now um so that's what I'm wearing today signature scent that's a tough one uh honestly you know I, I for a long time I've tried to wear something different every single day and I have hundreds of bottles so I don't even really touch everything and I'm always getting new stuff mm -hmm. almost every week so it's hard to pick one that I would call signature, but there's one that I'm kind of known for, I guess, in my videos, which is one from John Varvatos, mm. and it's called Vintage. Uh, I've been talking about that one for years, and people kind of associate it with me. So I guess I would call that a signature scent. Mm. In terms of controversy, I guess... But it could be that? something that, like, it could be like, everybody generally hates this cologne or perfume, but you love it. Oh. Everybody loves it or hates it. Or everybody loves it, but you hate it. Like, you know, something controversial. Okay. I thought you were You don't have to like, like... bat. Yeah, no. Like, who do you know <laughs> okay. that's like doing something bad? Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Who do you show. hate? I'm... No, I'm kidding. I was about to go into some stuff. I'm glad oh, I Oh, okay. I mean, we can go there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Something that I like that maybe people don't like or vice versa. Honestly, a lot, you know, a lot of people love Dior Sauvage. I don't really care for it. I'm with you. Uh, and I used to really enjoy it, but I've had two bottles of, of it over the years. I had it once. I sold it off because it just got annoying to me. I'm like, oh, let me try it again. Like a year later, I got it again. Got rid of it again because I just found it kind of obnoxious. Mm -hmm. I think it smells nice in the air when you smell it on somebody. But when I put, would put it on myself, I would just get sick of it after like an hour. So, yeah. I, you know, I never got into Dior Sauvage either. And I feel like it's such a, like in terms of like the classic designer men's colognes, the one that I feel like is not overrated. You tell me if you agree. I always love the male perspective, but like Blue de Chanel to me is like, if I go into a Sephora, that's the one that I'm like, this is hyped and I feel like it's worth it. Mm. Do from a woman's perspective or from my personal taste, what do you think mm. about that? I, I agree with that, especially because I think at least out of the blue sense, these popular, mm -hmm. you know, big name designer sense, mm -hmm. I do prefer Blue de Chanel uh, by far over mm -hmm. Dior Sauvage. I feel like the different concentrations of it have only gotten better. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it, it smells great, but it also doesn't smell like anything else mm -hmm. somehow. It smells very appealing. It smells 
maybe even a little familiar. Right. But it also has a uniqueness to it, which is kind of cool. Dior Sauvage just smells like shower gel, honestly, I, to me. I totally agree. <laughs> Let's just hate on Dior Sauvage. The next guest we have is the perfumer of Dior Sauvage. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's like, hey, well. <laughs> no. I mean, it, yeah. Totally kidding. Good selling. Um, I mean, it sells a lot. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. You know, people like it for a reason. No, it's a bestseller. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a bestseller. So I want to learn a little bit more about you. Um, if you don't mind sharing, how old are you and how did you first get into fragrance? Mm. I am 32 years old at this point, mm -hmm. and I feel much older than that. I've been kind of into the idea of just smelling good since I was like 12, you know. Mm -hmm. I was always wearing something even back then. My mom would bring something home like, here, don't smell like, you know, dirty laundry at school, put this on, whatever. So I've always been wearing something, but it wasn't until like five years ago when I really kind of started looking into fragrance and learning about it and realizing that I have a passion for it as an art form, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's been about five years when, since I started like learning about notes and, you know, learning about perfumers and, and where they source ingredients and all these things that really kind of blew my mind a few years ago. Was there one cologne or fragrance that you bought that really sparked that? Or how did it go from like, I like cologne, I like to smell good to like, this is what I do. This is the content I create. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was Yves Saint Laurent Loam, mm. the original Loam that did it for me. Yeah. I went into a Macy's and I, you know, it was, this was after I started watching some videos online mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, I should try these out because I saw them in videos. So I sprayed that one on a, on a strip and I don't know what it was. It just blew me away. I, I remember like the sales associate was looking at me across the counter as I sprayed it <laughs> and I sniffed it and I looked her dead in the eye and I'm like, this is so elegant. And she was like, uh, sure. <laughs> she was you're like, out. all right. Yeah. But you're, you're going yeah. through something, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's, I mean, I was not the average fragrance buyer on that day for sure. Yeah. I ended up buying it right then and there, uh, which was a mistake because I paid full retail. I could have bought it a lot cheaper online, but I didn't know. We didn't know these things. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, that's what did it. That's what really hooked me. That was my first like real purchase of something that I actually loved. Mm -hmm. To this day, I still love it. I still have the same bottle. I don't wear it quite as much, but yeah. I still love it. I feel like this sounds so corny, but it's like you always remember your first, like you remember that first fragrance that really hooked you. And, you know, I've watched a lot of your videos and you are very knowledgeable about fragrance. Is that something that you've self-taught yourself over the years since you've been involved or have you taken any courses? What was that like for you? Yeah, it's all been kind of self-exploration and research, but also learning from a lot of other very knowledgeable people mm -hmm. over the years, taking cues or notes from other people in other videos or in blogs or perfumers or whatever. And again, just doing my own research, figuring out where these ingredients come from. How do you describe their scent profile, all those things? It's just putting pieces together over the years. Yeah, I feel like you can kind of just learn from watching other people. You start to see things that you don't understand. Mm -hmm. You can sort of like Google like, okay, what is labdanum? Mm -hmm. Okay, it, that's what that is. So now I know, you know. Exactly. Really interesting. I feel like a lot of fragrance creators are self-taught just because it starts as a passion and then it becomes, you know, more than that. Mm -hmm. So Totally. And you, you're a musician as well, right? Yeah, that's right. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Or like, if there's, if you feel like there's any intersection between like how you experience music and fragrance or anything like that? Mm. Yeah, well, uh, m music is my first passion. I've been involved in music since I was seven years old. I mm -hmm. uh, started playing piano 
at that point, five years later, I picked up the trumpet and I've been playing trumpet ever since. And I went to college for music. I did my bachelor's, master's, doctorate, all in music mm -hmm. and still play. I'm, I still play professionally. I teach um, at a couple universities and privately and all these things. So music is still a very big part of my life. Um, I'm a composer and all these things. In terms of the intersection, that's a, that's a deep question, you know, and it's still something, honestly, I'm kind of uncovering because again my passion for fragrance is still pretty new to my life mm -hmm. so i'm still kind of observing the two and how they cross you know the the best way i can describe it and this is still again something i'm figuring out is in terms of music i have what people call absolute pitch so if i hear pitch i can identify it immediately i can tell you what it is wow where were you when i was in choir in high school oh my god <laughs> oh man um, yeah, but the, the biggest misconception about it is that it is not a talent or a skill. Mm -hmm. It's not something that I control. It, it's just how my brain works. My brain tells me what I'm hearing immediately. I don't have to think about it. I can't really turn it off. Wow. As a result, I also experience something that people call synesthesia with music. That's what I was going to ask you about. Okay. Yeah. So when I hear certain keys or certain chords or particular songs, I kind of, it's hard to describe. It's a little abstract, but I kind of feel colors. It's like, I almost see them kind of behind my eyes in a weird way. It's hard to describe, but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I experienced that very distinctly with music. Um, I'm slowly discovering that I kind of have the same experience with fragrance by, you know, when I smell a, a whole composition of some kind, a color will usually come to mind. Uh, it's not quite as clear, at least not yet for me. I, you know, it's not absolute where I pick up this fragrance and I immediately see the color. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's fleeting. It comes and goes and certain fragrances definitely give a stronger reaction to me than others. So what I've been thinking about, and, and I need to do some more self-research, is kind of finding the cross between certain chords or sounds in music that elicit the same color as certain fragrances and seeing if I put those two things next to each other, like, where's the relation? Yeah. You know, I'm still kind of figuring that out, but there is an intersection. I'd say that's kind of how it is. That's how I experience both in that way. That's really interesting. And like, I have not a musical bone in my body. I tried, it's, it's not in the cards for Lies. me. It's <laughs> I, not for lack of trying. It's just, you can ask my music teachers. It was not, it was not meant for me. Um, and I have what they call um, absolutely awful pitch. Oh and my gosh, uh, yeah, I have the opposite. <laughs> But, but I, I have a similar thing where like I see fragrance and I associate certain colors with it. Mm. I was curious about that when I saw that you had a musical background because I feel like a lot of people who are super into fragrance have elements of synesthesia um, in the way they experience it because that's I, I feel like that's part of what makes it move someone like you or someone like me more than someone who's just spraying a regular fragrance and going on with their day because mm. we experience it beyond the fifth sense, you know? I mean... I see people and I'm like, oh, they are a light shade of pink. Oh no, they are a deep purple. They are a bright blue. Mm. Like I, I feel like I associate colors with people. So I definitely, I, I relate on that. And it, mm. it's, can we, do you have any that come to the top of your mind of like these fragrances are definitely these colors? Mm. Yeah, there's a fragrance by, um, have you heard of Sarah Baker, House of Sarah Baker? I, I, you know, I haven't tried those. Uh, I haven't tried her fragrances, but I'm familiar with the house. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, she has a, a scent called um, Greek Keys. And when I smell that, I literally see like the color of the Caribbean Sea, like mm. that kind of very turquoise blue. Interesting. Uh, pretty purely, like yeah. I smell it and I'm there. And, you know, uh, coincidentally enough, it is intended to depict the sea, the ocean in that way. I think right. mostly the Mediterranean, but that's a clear one for sure. You know, the, the interesting thing about fragrance and music as they relate in this way is that with music, there is often not any kind of external influencer, unless you're like watching someone play, in which case maybe you could be influenced by the way that they look or what the environment looks like. And, and that might determine if you see colors, what kind of colors you feel when you hear that music. Mm -hmm. But it's not it's a little bit less concrete than fragrance, whereas like if you see a fragrance bottle, that can definitely influence not only what it smells like to you, but also if you go this level deeper with this fifth sense. Right, right. And that's a tricky thing. So it's that's why it's kind of difficult to truly assess it. Right. And to, to know that it's real, be, unless you can somehow smell things blindly. Right. Without seeing the bottle, without seeing the brand or anything like that. Because again, even the color of the bottle can affect. So that's still something I'm wrapping my head around. And it's hard to do on my own because unless I can grab something blindly without knowing what it is, but I know what it feels like. So I know what it is and yeah. spray it. And, right. You know, it's just you got to have someone else do it for you. Right. There's already marketers who are like trying to get us to associate shapes and sizes and colors. But it's if you do it blind, I don't know. It's just a, it's an interesting, you know, we have, I, I'm going to get to it later, but we have a segment on the show called What's That Smell, where it's like smell association. I say like a person plays your thing and you tell me, mm -hmm. but I'm curious if it, if we did it, you know, like if I said like the color red, if you thought of a fragrance that was red, if I said the color orange, you know, mm -hmm. like if we went through the rainbow and you were like, oh, the red fragrance in my collection is definitely mm -hmm. blank or whatever. Yes. Yeah. I think I have a few. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just, let's just do like three colors. Let's just like, you yeah. know, just, just dip our toes in. Okay. Let's just do bright red. Bright red. The first thing that comes to mind for me is Toy Boy from Moschino. Okay. Which is a rose based scent. Mm -hmm. It's a strange rose scent, but definitely very rosy. The bottle is totally black though. I mean, I don't know if you've probably seen it. It's a black teddy bear. Yeah. 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 But I get red when I smell that. For sure. Interesting. Okay. And do you feel like you know why? Or it's just like, you're just like, this is red to me. It's hard to say, you know, rose is often associated with red, but yeah. And that, that could have an influence on me for sure. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, you know, the type of rose that it is, it's kind of an almost jammy rose. Right. And things that are kind of fruity and thick, almost syrupy in a way mm -hmm. that feels more bright red or even like a crimson or something like that. But beyond that, that's the best I can describe it. It's hard to say. Yeah. No, I, that's, I mean, I totally, totally agree with you. I see like a deep red whenever I picture a jammy rose. And I'm sure that's not mm -hmm. because I have synesthesia, but it's like jammy rose, deep <laughs> red. You uh, might. You never but know. I might. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's just do one more. Okay, okay. Let's say like a light purple, like a lavender color. Light purple. But I don't want to say lavender because that's a note. So just <laughs> light purple, light purple. Light purple. Uh, light purple. Hmm. Honestly, I can't even say I've experienced light purple. Wow, I stumped you. You may, yeah, but if I had to get close, if I just think about it and try to like access my scent memory, light purple, light purple, probably, see purple is tough because I have a couple of fragrances in my collection that smell purple to me, but they also are purple. 
<laughs> so it's really right. it's hard to separate the two and that's what i mean so i'm again still getting a handle on that that's why blind sniffing is so important with this kind of thing interesting well you know how i was saying like i see like auras with people i feel like your aura is like a warm like aubergine purple wow when i think about and i feel like that to me and if i had to explain it it's hard for me but like i feel like whenever i think of like a warm aubergine purple it's usually just like someone who has this sort of like artistic depth to them. And I just get that vibe from you. I just, I see like a, an aubergine, you know? Emma, wow. Yeah, um, yeah. That is, that's a first and that is a complete honor. Honestly. You know, it's a good, you're, you're among a good crew because the oh. people, the other aubergines in my life, you know, I have a lot of aubergines in my life. Hmm. You know, it's funny. I feel like uh, some people who have said this about my aura have often said blue or something blue. like that, which I feel mm. like I'm like, eh, it feels kind of easy. It's like you could, because I'm, I guess I'm calm. <laughs> too no, you have depth. You need like a complex purple. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, no. I mean, it's okay, but I'll take that. That's yeah. awesome. There you go. There you go. I have given your, I, I had a coworker at my old job and she also like saw people as colors and we would literally just take, we would like make lists of like everyone on the floor and just go through and be That's like, so okay, interesting. they are this. And we would like do like one, two, three and show each other. And like, we'd say like Hunter green for the same person, Whoa. or we'd say like pale blue for the same person. And I was like, is there merit to this? Or are we just both weirdos? And like, I don't that, know. I mean, that's gotta be something to it, especially if you're using quite a range of colors. Yeah. You know, you're getting multiple colors that overlap. Yeah. That's, yeah. There's something to that. Cause I've had some experiences with friends who kind of experience synesthesia with mm -hmm. music and we've talked about the certain chords that give us a certain color and our colors have been completely different. Wow. So I've just, wow. I've just always thought that everyone has different color, color associations, mm. which, you know, probably most people do, but when you find someone that you overlap with, that sounds pretty special. It's wild. Yeah. Do you have a strong scent memory from your childhood? Maybe it's like the smell of your house or your parents or someone in your life that always wore a specific fragrance. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of very strong memories and they're different. One is definitely associated to a perfume that my mom still wears to this day. Mm -hmm. It's Giorgio Beverly Hills Red for women. Okay. My grandmother wore that. So I know oh, exactly that smell. Yeah. It's she's such been a wearing smell. It for, yeah. yeah, she's been wearing it for like 30 years. Yeah. Um, she goes through a bottle every year. Yeah. So that's a, that's a strong one for me. But a non-fragrance would be coffee, mm. actually. Because um, when my grandpa was still alive, I mean, years ago as a kid, I remember we'd stay at their house for a weekend or for a week or something. And he was always up early and he'd always brew coffee. And it was always like 5 a.m. And the scent with, you know, the aroma would linger to the back of the house. And I it would always wake me up mm. every time. Always wake me up. I'll never forget that. I don't really drink coffee, mm -hmm. but I love the smell of coffee. Yeah, it is. It's a great smell. And it's comforting, too. I, like, yeah. If I'm ever home and my mom brews coffee and I do wake up to that smell, it's like today's going to be a good day. Yes, yes. It's a oh. good it's a good feeling. I want to talk to you about your experience with dating and fragrance. Are you currently single? What is your relationship status? Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I am currently dating someone. Okay. So what would you say is your go-to cologne for like a date night or like a first date? Like what what are the colognes you would choose for confidence? I uh, got a range of one, a range of them. Uh, one I love to go to that my girlfriend does really enjoy, which is uh, 
is par from the Marley Percival. Mm. Uh, that one is great. It's it's a nice fresher option mm -hmm. for the warmer weather, but I feel like it's pretty versatile. You can wear it at night and it works great. It has this kind of refined sexiness to it. Another one that I love, honestly, I love Dolce & Gabbana, the one, yeah. the Eau de Parfum. It's, I think it's timeless, you know. It's timeless, yeah. Yeah, it's the a classic. great scent, especially for a date. And if I were to pick one more, something a little off the wall for me is one by Penhaligans, and it's called Halfetti Cedar, and it is just incredible. Mm. It's so good. It's like a dry, woody scent, but it has like a booziness to it. It has like a, a fruitiness in there. It's kind of dark and almost resinous and sweet, but again, quite woody and dry and just very provocative. Mm. You know, I haven't tried Halfetti, but I've tried Cairo and I adore mm, Cairo. I still need to try Cairo. I heard yeah. such good things about I'm, it. Well, I keep hearing good things about Halfetti. I have to try. So, okay, with your girlfriend, do you ever like, she picks out your cologne and you pick out her perfume? Like, are you ever like, <laughs> oh, like this is, yeah. or is it more, do you ever gift her perfume that you like? Mm -hmm. And if so, what? Yeah, you know, she is, uh, she really loves fragrance. She's not anywhere into collecting or anything like that, but mm -hmm. she does have a small collection and I've definitely contributed to it. And a lot of the time she likes to wear what I wear. Mm -hmm. um, she doesn't really cater to the, the marketing and gender and all that stuff. Right. Uh, she loves darker stuff. She loves earthy scents and things like that. Mm -hmm. But she also loves um, one that I bought her uh, for Christmas was Rose 31 from Lila Bo. It's a nice one. She loves that one. Yeah. And that, it smells great on her. Yeah. Really unusual rose, but so beautiful. And um, also just got her one of Raja Parfum's new scents. It's Mm, which one was a scandal it's one of the he came up with these essence the parfum these like kind of lighter versions of some of his more popular female releases kind of like what he did for the parfum cologne stuff okay like elysium and and creation e and all that and there's one that i got her well they actually the brand sent to me to gift to her which was kind of incredible okay um and she loves it wow and it's it smells great it's a beautiful white floral oh wait which one is it now i need to remember um, I do, yeah, okay. It's, I gotta write it either, down. It's either Scandal Porfim or mm -hmm. it is, it might have been 51. That, I have that one and I am obsessed with it. It is okay. so nice. 51 is nice because I, I have a travel atomizer of the original and it smells incredible. Yeah. For sure. It's definitely one that you just like only need a spray, but if you put that spray, it just lingers. And it was one that I first sprayed. I was like, this is a little overwhelming. And then as it just dried down, like it got on my pillow that night. And like the next day I was just, oh my God, my pillow smells so good. <laughs> I'm not so, leaving the house today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I guess I got to stay in bed. Sorry. Yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> unfortunately. Well, speaking of staying in bed, like what is your goal with your fragrance content? Do you, at this point, are you doing it full time? If not, is it something that you're trying to move into full time? Mm, good question. I've been definitely moving more into the full time direction since COVID hit. You know, once COVID hit, I, I had some teaching jobs that fell through, which was actually for the best. And since then, I've been kind of going pretty hard at it, especially over the past couple months. I've been uploading every other day. This week in particular, I've uploaded like four days in a row. I don't know what's wrong with me. But what's right with you? That's, that's good. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I'm going pretty hard at it. And yeah, I definitely use most of my time doing that these days. Mm -hmm. Filming, coming up with ideas, editing making thumbnails, all that stuff. And I love it. Right. So 
In terms of where I'm going with it, I don't have a clear direction. All I know is that I want to keep growing in what I'm already doing mm -hmm. and just have it expand and fill up more space and just kind of gain more awareness and kind of see where it takes me from there. I think it'll just become clear at some point. I don't think I plan on making videos for the next 20 years or anything like that, but I am interested to see where it might take me elsewhere within the industry. If that's a possibility, we'll see. Right. When you think about, you know, someone like Demi Rowling, who just made a collaboration with Fragrance Dubois, I think mm -hmm. it definitely makes for, as a creator, it's like, well, what are the possibilities, sure. you know, or like, could this lead to a, a line or something? Is that something you would ever want to do, create a fragrance or? Mm. Yes, it is. And in fact, I have one coming out very soon. What? Okay. Tell everyone about that. <laughs> How do you lead with that? Oh my God. <laughs> Yes, I have to pry that out of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's still, it's been a little under wraps, but the world knows about it. They just don't know. They don't have any details. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with Zaharoff? Yes. Okay. So George Zaharoff. I only have one sample by them, but I am familiar. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He approached me and two other reviewers to collaborate with his brand to create a fragrance from the ground up. Oh my gosh. Using his resources. So we've been doing that for about a year and a half now. What? And it's been a long journey. Uh, again, most of it kind of behind closed doors. Yeah. We're coming up to the final push. Like we're looking to have everything launched next month mm -hmm. and we cannot wait. And it's been such a long time coming. It's been a lot of work, you know, a lot of flying to Chicago and a lot of Zoom calls and things like that. But yeah, we're getting close. So that's coming soon. Wow. Can you say anything about like what it's going to smell like or be inspired by or is it still like under wraps at this point? I can't say what it's going to smell like, but what I can say is that it is inspired by my music, mm. inspired by my trumpet playing, like my experience playing the trumpet. It's me trying to essentially paint the picture of what it's like to perform with the trumpet, but through scent. So that's the idea. Wow. Okay. That, well, that's so interesting too, because we were also talking about synesthesia and experiencing music as scent. So I'm so curious what that scent will be. And obviously if you get a list of like who you can be sending it to, <laughs> I would I'll love to try it. Do. Yeah. I'll see what I can do. It is going to be a limited run. There's only going to be about a thousand bottles produced. Oh, wow. I know I'll, I will get a small collection of, for myself to do whatever I want with. So cool. Well, remember your pal, Emma. and uh... I will remember my best pal, Emma. Yeah, yes. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what has your experience been meeting other fragrance creators or having brands um, reach out to you? Do you feel like it's been pretty organic? Like how, what, what is the fragrance community like to you? Mm. Yet again, great question. And, and spill the tea here. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just, it's, it's you don't have to I'm say sorry. anything back. <laughs> okay, we'll just have but to I'm go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, yeah, you know, for me, um, interacting with the fragrance community has been life changing. That's the best way I can put it since I got involved in it, you know, starting with like joining Facebook groups again, like five years ago. And I'm no longer on Facebook, but that was eye-opening getting to interact with people in this way and even making videos and having a viewership that's growing and having people comment on videos and keep returning and that's been crazy just to really connect with people all over the world through this passion that i would have never known otherwise right a couple of years ago i had a chance to attend the first and explore which was in person in new york city and that was incredible 
that was amazing. We had content creators from all over. Demi was there. Jeremy Fragrance was there. The two creators I'm working with, with Zaharoff, Ross from TLTG Reviews and Andrea from Curly Sense, they were both there. And a, a bunch of others, we all met, took pictures, did a panel, all this stuff. It was so cool. Um, felt very like high profile and had our suits on and, you know, cocktails and stuff. Cool. So in regards to brands, for me, that has been, again, life-changing. Um, when I first got involved with YouTube and especially watching reviewers who had been doing it a while, it was always really interesting to see them like, oh, I got this bottle from this brand. I'm like, man, how do you how do you do that? How do you get to that point? Because the one thing I kind of knew that at least I didn't want to do was to approach brands mm -hmm. and ask for things because that just doesn't feel right. right. Uh, people do that. No fault to them, but that's not what I what I do and what I've ever done. But it only took a matter of time until I grew to a certain point when I started getting those emails. And I was like, oh, this brand that I was seeing in this video a year ago, mm -hmm. thinking I would never experience the fragrances is not reaching out to me. It's the coolest feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And it's only snowballed since then. Right. Right. Um, now I'm getting, you know, I did a, at least a few requests a week mm -hmm. to do collaborations and whatnot. And it's still very surreal, Yeah. especially like these bigger brands that I've been following since I got started. Think, I mean, like massive brands. And now I'm like, wait, you're you me? What? You know me? How, yeah. how did you find me? Yeah. You know, but and it's very affirming. So yeah, it, it's great. Really it cool. feels really good. Yeah. And what do you do if you get fragrances from a brand and you're not into the fragrances? Mm. Well, I try my best to promote positivity on my channel. I typically don't talk about fragrances I don't like. Mm -hmm. If I can manage it, if it's a scent that I know not a lot of people are really looking for, I might just tell the brand like, hey, I'm not crazy about this. I could give I could do a review, but it's not really going to help anything. Right. So right. it might be better if we just kind of leave it out. And a lot of time they understand. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes I will say like, yeah, it's not my cup of tea, but I never ever try to dissuade people from trying something right. just because I don't like it. Right. And that I think that is one of my biggest pet peeves mm -hmm. with the fragrance community is reviewers who get on camera and they say, I don't like this. Therefore, it is not good. Right. And you shouldn't try it. That boils my blood. I can't yeah. even tell you. Yeah. Because it's it's such a subjective experience. You cannot you cannot think you are the final say and think you have all this power. And anyway, I'm, I'm going to get off the pedestal here. And no, I agree with you. So I mean, here, but um, yeah. Well, even so, like when you think about a fragrance that you don't like, that is from a really big line. When you think about the perfumer behind it and all the approvals and all the reviews and all of the rounds, somebody finished it and said, this is a masterpiece. It could be something that, you know, is not for your nose or your taste. But like, you know, the other day someone asked me on TikTok, because that's mainly where I am, to re tell my thoughts about a fragrance that they experienced at Sephora and they loved. Mm -hmm. And I smelled it and I did not like it. It just didn't wow me by any means. And so I just basically, you know, like when I talk about the fragrance, I'm like, these are the notes I get. And this is why for me personally, I don't gravitate towards these notes. Like I don't particularly enjoy lavender heavy scents. But if you enjoy lavender heavy scents, then I could totally see why this is appealing. I feel like there's a difference between like honesty versus speaking like you're speaking an absolute truth or you're speaking objectively. Yes. And I ne like I, I never try and say this is a shitty fragrance. I say like this note to me isn't like a note that I typically gravitate towards, you yes. know, or, or exactly. things like there's nuance, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally agree with you. Totally agree. Have you ever gotten any like crazy DMs from like a fan or anything that you were just like, I'm gonna have to 
pump the brakes on this. Yes, all the time. Really? <laughs> oh my God, can you, can you share more or no? Uh, I, you know, I don't want to give any details or names. Um, yeah, no, no, no names. Yeah, I, I mean, I've definitely had people kind of like, you know, I, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I like to, you know, engage with people as closely as we can get before it's not okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had someone like continually return to my DMs and, and you know, like, just tell me all the things they want to do and to you. Yes, yes, and and just yeah, and and I'm just like I'm, and it's you know it's actually a, a guy, and I'm like no, I'm good. You no, wow. no, <laughs> I'm wow. sorry, I'm good. You know, and yeah. it's, um, does that? There's you just been say, a thing like thank you for your kind words. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What do you say back? To, I mean, I would just block them, but I mean, that's I mean, crazy. honestly, I, I'm usually pretty straightforward with them. I'm like, I appreciate that, but this is a little predatory. Yeah. So I'm gonna need you to step back for a little bit because that this is not okay. Yeah. And I've definitely had you know some ladies kind of do the same thing here and there. Yeah. Yeah, it happens, you know, and I don't know, it just kind of, you read it and take it for what it is. You respond and make sure you, you treat them like a person, but right. tell them I'm not into this. Sorry. I mean, even responding is showing your humanity. Cause I feel like if I got something like that, I would just block. block right away. <laughs> but you know, there's been a few, there's been a there's few. Been a few. Like, yeah. I have nothing to say to you. Goodbye. Yeah. I hope you guys are enjoying today's episode as much as I am. Today's Perfume 101 is on top, middle, and base notes, oftentimes referred to as the head, the heart, and the dry down. So the best way that I can explain top, middle, and base notes is to think in terms of tenacity and longevity. In other words, the top notes are going to be the first notes to evaporate, the middle notes are going to be the second to evaporate, and the base notes are going to be the ones that last the longest. Now what's interesting is that these have a sort of inverse relationship with each other in terms of intensity. So your top note is going to have the highest intensity at the opening of the fragrance. It's going to smell the strongest. Top notes often tend to be citruses, you know, think bergamots, limes, lemons, yuzus. They're going to be really powerful at the top, but the tenacity is not strong. They're going to die off pretty quickly. Your middle notes are the core of the fragrance, the unsung hero. They persist for about 45 minutes to an hour before they slowly start to die down. And your base notes have the opposite experience where they start pretty quiet. They're not that intense. And then they build up in intensity over time. So what's left after your top and your middle notes evaporate is this unique smell that's been created, which is also known as the dry down. I hope this helps explain top, middle, and base notes. Now let's get back to the episode. People always ask me for cologne recommendations. And to be honest, like my cologne knowledge is rather limited. Like I feel like I know like the 15 colognes that I love, the ones that my boyfriend wears, but I get these questions all the time and I'm not as well versed. So I would love if if I could do like some like rapid fire cologne stuff with you Mm -hmm. for fans who cannot get the cologne information they're looking for from me. Okay, happy to help. If you had to say five colognes for life, what would today, because I I know you've had a few videos of this, but like what would would you say today or like these are the five I would keep hmm let's see I would definitely recommend Cartier Declaration d'un Soir okay that's not something a lot of people wear beautiful spicy rose scent it's a it's a rose scent that is quite masculine I think a lot of guys can pull it off very classy um another one would be and you can get that pretty cheap as well in the discounters online mm-hmm. uh, another one would be um mm, let's see here Guerlain L'Homme Ideal Eau de Parfum uh very unique scent it's kind of like a 
a sweet, creamy almond cherry, but with leather. Very different, but very elegant as well. Another one, I would say Prada Lunarosa Carbon. Very easy to wear. It basically takes the Dior Sauvage DNA, makes it smoother. Mm. Takes off all the spicy edges, rounds it out, a little bit more creamy, but still fresh, a little spicy, based on a lot of lavender, so you may not really care for it that much. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's clean and kind of body wash-y, but it does have this refinement to it that I think is a little bit more mature than Dior Sauvage. If I were to kind of step into more luxury territory, I would say um, Raja Parfums. Mm, I would say Danger. Okay. Pour Homme. Uh, that's a head turner for sure. Okay. Very easy to wear, but it's like kind of sweet, vanillic, but also has a freshness to it. It has kind of both, and it's just you're selling it's incredible. me. I gotta get this. Okay. <laughs> it's incredible, and one more I would say Amouage, mm, Reflection Man. Mm. It, it's a classic. It's a well loved scent in the niche world, but mm -hmm. I can't get enough of it. It's been one of my all time favorites in my collection since I got it years ago. Okay. Uh, very clean, kind of, you know, it's a white floral scent that men can wear. It's kind of creamy and again, a little floral has a sweetness, but also fresh, a little powdery, but it just dries down with some great sandalwood. It just smells amazing. Wow. These all sound great. And I also want to do, okay, so these are like your five for life. Let's get a little more personal about me. <laughs> okay. Please. So yeah. I want to, okay, I'm going to tell you what my boyfriend wears. He's always looking for new colognes. And when I first started, <laughs> he was like, okay, this is fun. And now he's like, look what I can get on fragrance net 60% yeah. off right yeah. now. Like he's like obsessed yeah. with it. Um, yeah. So these are the colognes that he currently wears. He tends to go for like, he does like a blue fresh, but usually with some edge, like sweetness or spice. He loves Blue de Chanel, but he also loves Creed Aventus Cologne. Not the mm. Creed Aventus, but mm -hmm. the Cologne, like yeah. the more fresh version. Yeah. Um, and I love that on him. Yeah. He also loves Galloway yeah. um, by Parfum de Malle. Yeah. And he loves Berlant by Vetiver. And then like for like his like everyday, he'll wear Mont Blanc. Um, explore. Yeah. Mont Blanc explore. Okay, cool. So those are kind of like the, if I had to round out his collection. So if based on that, if you were going to be like, okay, this is the next thing I would add to your collection, what would you add and mm. why? So let me just recap what he has. Okay. He said he has Mont Blanc explore. He has Guerlain vetiver, blue de Chanel. Mm -hmm. He has, what were the other two? Uh, Galloway, Galloway by Parfum de Marley and Creed Aventus Cologne, the gray okay. bottle. So the only thing that he's missing is something sweet, mm. something for the nighttime, something for a date night. Oh, he also has black Afghano. Oh, that's, that is a curveball. Yes, that is a curveball. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. a great one. Yeah. That, that's yeah. a great scent. Beautiful yeah. scent. But he doesn't like wearing it. I got it for him, but it's not oh, him. You know what okay. I mean? Got yeah. it. Got it. Well, yeah, yeah. I would definitely recommend something for date night. And what I would recommend for him, honestly, Guerlain, the Lomi Dial collection, I think is incredible. Okay. It's, again, it's it has a uniqueness to it, but it's also very appealing. The original Lomi Dial, the OG, is awesome. Yeah, okay. The Eau de Parfum, which I talked about earlier, may not be his cup of tea just yet, but the original is great. Mm -hmm. um, also, the Lentense version, it's like intense, but with the little L in front of it. Lent. Okay. Anyway, it's a yeah. black bottle or it's like all clear with a black cap. Um, that one is great for date night too. It's spicy, kind of smoky, but also sweet okay. and kind of almost woody and resinous in a way. 
uh, again, very wearable, but interesting. So Guerlain, I think, is is great. He already likes Vetiver, which is a classic. I love Vetiver. It's you know. such a nice one. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. We we're gonna do some orders after this. After yeah. this call. And those are those are pretty easy to get discounted at Fragrance Net and things like that. You know, I'm a big Fragrance Net supporter. Same here. Love it. Love <laughs> it. I mean, when I can't, when someone won't send me a bottle, but that's often. So uh, <laughs> I get samples all the time, but I, I never ask for bottles. And then when people say they want to send me stuff, I just say like, I'd rather a discovery kit than like you send me like one fragrance mm. from your line. So I don't mm. ask for bottles, but people aren't really volunteering it either. So I'm, I got to mm. get on that level. I got to, I got to get to your level of Stay Fresh Productions, start getting those full bottles. I mean, I personally believe like, you know, gender and fragrance is very conceptual and it's very abstract and people have decided certain notes are for women, certain notes are for men. And there's this big trend towards unisex fragrances. Are there any fragrances that are traditionally marketed towards women that you're like, fuck it, I wear this. Mm. And maybe you wouldn't say fuck it. So screw it. I wear this. <laughs> I feel like you, I feel like you don't curse. I get that vibe. When, when the time is right, I, I yeah, yeah. fly or two. But, um... Let a shit out, yeah. yeah not exactly. a shit, not a shit, but like a shit. <laughs> <laughs> only, only by myself. If I yes, know. yes, yeah. <laughs> um, let me, let me think. Um, there's one I, I that I own from Gucci. Mm -hmm. It's Gucci Guilty Absolute Parfum. Mm -hmm. That is a beautiful scent. I think guys can wear it. It is a jammy rose, mm -hmm. but with blackberry and like woods and spices mm. and there's kind of this interesting greenness to it that i think it just smells phenomenal and here's the here's the way i feel about it i agree with you i think it gendering a scent is kind of ridiculous commoditizing gender is something that has affected all parts of different markets and whatnot saying this isn't for amanda's for a woman clothes shoes you know and i don't have a problem with all of that honestly but at the end of the day, I say wear what you're comfortable with more than anything. I do find it kind of silly to pick up like some vetiver grass and be like, this is masculine. It's like, no, it's, it's grass. Ass. Yeah, it's grass. It's grass. Right, there, right. There's a, a great reviewer by the name of Dana. Her her platform is called A Nose Nose. She's primarily active on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And in an interview, she once said this thing that blew my mind. She's like, when you pick up a jasmine flower, does it have boobs? Right. Does it have a vagina? Right. Like when you pick up leather, does it have testicles? Right. It's like, right. no, these things, exactly. they are, it's arbitrary. Yeah. And it's kind of through time and history and the way that we've associated the sense that have made them what they are today. But in all in all, it's like anybody could wear anything. But if you are concerned about gender in terms of like, oh, this was marketed for men, so can I wear it kind of thing. Something I've always thought about is if you can if you can compensate with your clothing, mm. you can pull off anything. So if I'm going to wear this Gucci scent that I spoke of, I wear it at night wearing all black, like right. this black leather jacket, right. black pants, black boots. Right. You put that on. It's like you compensate. If I compensate my masculinity, it balances out the femininity of the scent. Yeah. The same can go for women. I think women can pull off fougeres and chipras. I, if you I wear like, those. Yeah. Yeah. 
If yeah. you would be like wore a nice summer dress, you know, whatever, with your hat or whatever during the summertime, mm -hmm. you could pull off the most masculine stuff and it smells great. I've worn Dior home with like a pair of heels, some jeans, mm. you know, I mean, you just, and it, I feel yeah. like I have, I have a lot of fragrances that are marketed as truly unisex, but in terms of ones that are like specifically marketed to men, I feel like Dior home would be the one that I wear the most. That is literally the name of the cologne is Ohm. And I'm like, is it really though? No. Because I love it. It's it's totally metrosexual, yeah. which makes it completely yeah. unisex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I, the last question I want to ask you before we get into what's that smell is, are there any brands that you feel like are really not that popular right now that you're just, everyone needs to know this brand. Like this is my shit. Uh, this yeah. this is my jam. Keep it PG. <laughs> no, I'm we sorry. could say this is my I gotta, shit. That's I gotta, fine. you know, I love cursing. <laughs> I fine. love cursing. That's my let's jam. Be, <laughs> let's be let's be candid. That's all yeah. good. Um, you know, one that I spoke of earlier, Cartier. Cartier doesn't get a lot of talk in the fragrance community for some reason. Yeah. I have, I think maybe five or six bottles from them. I love all of them. They are all incredible. They are Cartier great. for sure. Yeah. yeah. I love um, Zesta Soleil. I have that one by them. And that is such oh, a okay. lovely, that is a really unisex scent to me. Like when mm. on a woman, it's great. On a man, it's great. I, mm. On someone non-binary, great. Love it. I don't know that one, oh. but I have to check it out. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Cartier. Um, Cartier for sure. Anyone else? Anyone else? Burberry doesn't get the best reputation, I think, or at least they don't get talked about much. Can't say I love all of their scents. I have like five or so from them. Mm -hmm. A couple of them I really do love. Um, one in particular is um, Mr. Burberry Eau de Parfum, mm. which was created by Francis Kirkjohn. In fact, he created all of them except for some of the newer ones. I didn't know that. Yeah, and he he just he did masterful work. I mean, it's Francis Kirkjohn. Right. So he knows what he's doing. And it's it's unusual, but it is very likable and you would expect to smell this in like a mall or something. But there's something special about it. It's all black bottle, has a little bow tie on it, which is a little tacky, but I've kind of grown to love it a little bit. Hmm. Uh, so Burberry definitely doesn't get a lot of talk. They have a couple that have put them on the map, like Burberry London. A lot of people seem to love that for fall and winter, although people aren't talking about it as much as they used to a few years ago. But yeah, I'd say, you know, you put them next to like the YSLs and the Dior's and the Chanel's. They maybe don't shine quite as bright, but they do have some gems in there created by some great perfumers. So yeah, that's me. I think I gotta I gotta look more into Burberry because I feel like I personally too sort of like overlook it mm -hmm. because I smell the feel or like they smell like super like fruity to me and I'm just like meh. Mm. But I feel like I gotta go into those deep cuts and just like look at some more. You know, I don't I don't have any experience with their female scents at mm. all, so I can't yeah. speak for those. So if I can't blame you if you didn't like. I it. did wear Burberry Brit in like high school and I loved it. Oh, but like recently, oh. a lot of people have been asking me to review Burberry Her, and I, it's not that I, you know, I feel like it's a great designer scent, but it, for my personal taste, it's too like fruity for me. Mm, I don't know gotcha. why I go like this when I say fruity, but <laughs> fruits, fruity. Yes, They're this fruits, is the fruits. universal symbol. This for is fruits. We all know fruits. <laughs> it's American Sign Language. Like. And there, yeah, for anybody who cannot see what we're doing, do we just have... rub our fingers. Oh, yes, oh you want do. blueberries? Yeah, I squeeze them before I sell them. Um, <laughs> Smash them. <laughs> yeah, mm, we're making wine. Justin, are you ready to play the final segment of the show, which is called What's That Smell? Mm. 
What's that smell? I'm ready. We'll see okay. if I'm actually ready, but I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so basically, I'm going to just throw out person, place, thing, and you just say, like, first smell that comes to your mind. If, if a color comes to your mind, if a specific note, if a specific fragrance, anything at all. Okay. Okay? Got it. Great. All right, rapid fire, let's go. Okay, number one, Portland, because I know that's where you live. Ooh, uh, patchouli. Patchouli. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. I wonder if this will be a different answer. The people of Portland. Honestly, soil. <laughs> Damn, you are in an earthy place. Okay. Um, yes. Your first love. My first love. Um, wow. Um, hmm, I'm going to say spices. Spices. Okay. Your current love. My current love, rose, for sure. Yeah. What is the smell of confidence? Leather. Sorrow. Sorrow. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm gonna say we go there on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say, uh, wow, mm, woods maybe. What? Like damp woods. <laughs> wow. You know what I've never. You, that's a good one. You know what I've never asked, but this feels like a really weird question to ask. What is the go-to scent for a funeral? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That would be a terrible um, YouTube video. Like, these are my you know, top five funeral <laughs> to show that I'm grieving. Like, do you know, you, do you know Mr. Smelly? Yeah. It's 1977. Yeah. He, every, every now and then, not to derail too much, every now and then uh, at the start of his video, so do these like parody things. Yeah. And one of one video he did like, he, like these parody videos, like, why hasn't no one made these videos? And one of them was like, top five cents you wear to a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought you that know, was so I mean, funny. Been, yeah, I mean, I haven't thought about that. Would I wear for? I I don't think I'd wear fragrance to a funeral, but maybe I would. Maybe I'd wear something that comforts me. I guess it depends who they are. Anyway, I digress. Exactly. Okay, yes. let's get back to what that smell. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is the smell of a bougie hotel? Mm, I'm gonna say vetiver, like clean vetiver. Mm, okay, yeah. I see that. A cheap motel. <laughs> Those lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> I say that too. Yeah. <laughs> what is the smell of your childhood? Mm, God, that's so good. Uh, I'm going to say wet concrete. I would love to learn more about that. Okay. And what <laughs> is the smell of adulthood to you? Paper. Paper. Okay. Justin, thank you so very much for coming on Perfume Room. Where can people find you? Well, Emma, thank you for having me more than anything. It's such an honor. Yeah. And it's great to talk to you. Likewise. <laughs> I am on YouTube. Uh, you, If you search my name, Justin Copeland, you'll find my fragrance channel. I also have a music channel on YouTube that I don't update all that often, but I have performances. Oh, you better, you better plug it. <laughs> yeah. Again, if you search Justin Copeland Music on YouTube, you'll find me if you search stay fresh productions on instagram you'll find me there if you search also justin copeland music on instagram i have another music page there and if you search my name on all the various music platforms soundcloud and spotify and google play and all that i have some music out there for listening amazing okay well thank you so much it's been a joy if you're listening please go follow justin um we are all going to stay tuned for the launch of your cologne very very excited for more information about that you guys can always follow me on Instagram at Emma Vern on TikTok at Emma underscore Vern. And we just created an Instagram account for this podcast at Perfume Room Pod on Instagram. Thank you guys so much.